career-driven individuals. Ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here. Welcome to the WRAL Daily Download. I'm your host, Amanda Lamb. We're talking about a very sad story today. The story of a freshman from UNC Chapel Hill who died earlier this year after ingesting fentanyl outside a Duke University dorm, according to papers filed in federal court. Her name was Grace Burton. Joining us to explain what happened and how light was shed on this situation is our Enterprise Team Executive Producer, Ashley Talley. Ashley, welcome to the program. Thanks, Amanda. So this happened in March, but we're just learning about it now. Why are we just hearing about this now? Yes. Well, the first time I heard about it was in my inbox yesterday morning. We never like to... um, you know, not get to a story first. But this is one of those stories that when I read it, I knew that the only way that it ever would have come out was because of a student journalist who dug into it. So this didn't come out originally, this overdose of a UNC Chapel Hill student on Duke campus, because Duke said they didn't release anything about it because it was a Chapel Hill student. And UNC Chapel Hill said, well, it happened on Duke campus and we respect families' wishes. So nobody knew about this death until a senior at Duke, her name is Charlotte Craman, had heard about it. And she just, you know, she just, she'd heard about it. I interviewed her uh, yesterday, so that's how I know all this. And she said she thought it would just naturally more information would come out. And when it didn't, she started investigating herself. And she ended up with this incredible piece in the assembly um, that's an online magazine here in North Carolina that Kyle Willeman started um, a year or two ago. And John Jesher, a former NNO um, editor, is working with him. And they, they do some really great journalism. And this was definitely one that I would say has reverberated across the state already. Just It, it just came out on Monday. That's so. incredible. And, you know, sometimes when we talk about a case like this, the identity of the person who died gets lost. So before we go into the details, let's just briefly touch on who this young woman was, this 19-year-old from UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah, definitely. Her name was Elizabeth Grace Burton. She was 19. She grew up in Charlotte. She uh, was a freshman, and um, we have a couple pictures of her, and, you know, she's just lovely, like long blonde hair, looks very vivacious. Her sorority sister described her as, you know, always smiling, and um, one of them described her as very intentional, which I think is a great verb or a great um, adjective to describe somebody. She was obviously bright. She um, was, a, I think, what's called a, a Carolina scholar, where she was guaranteed admission into the Keenan Flagler Business School. That was according to her her obituary. Um, And she seems to have been really social too. She pledged her sorority data, um, you know, in the fall, so the beginning of her freshman year. And she was already elected to an office with a director of sisterhood was the office she was um, 
elected to. And, and so she just seems to have been very bright, vivacious, and, and had a lot of friends. And active, obviously, in her campus community. Well, we're going to talk more about what happened to Grace Burton after the break. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. So there are now federal court documents filed in this case. Two men have been charged with drug distribution related to her death. What do we know about the timeline about what happened on March 9th? Yes, this is those federal um, court documents are a lot of how we're able to piece together this timeline. So Grace had been at a party at UNC. Um, this was a Wednesday night. And according to the assembly, I was not able to confirm this, but they talked with her friends. She had met a Duke student on Tinder several weeks ago, and they had just been messaging back and forth. That night, they decided to meet up and hang out for the first time. So he, um, court documents say that he came and picked her up in Chapel Hill, and they came back to the Duke campus. And um, around 4.30 in the morning, her phone made a text or call, I'm not sure which one, to um, a person that the federal court documents identified as this man named Kai Frazier, known as the barber by many people. They had, um, you know, records of many text messages back and forth with him and the male, the, the Duke student who she was with, Patrick Rowland. But apparently she was the one who contacted Frazier that night and um, to buy cocaine. He came to the dorm. There is surveillance video that, um, you know, investigators saw where they, they see this RAV4 pull up that they say has been connected with Frazier and other stings. They had actually just done a like sting operation on him on February 23rd. So, so he was known to them. Before. Yeah. He yeah. was known to them in multiple counties, Orange County, Durham County, and the DEA was helping with all this. Um, so 430, he pulls up. Grace and Patrick get in the car briefly, and then they get out. 5.30 or 5.40 a.m., Patrick makes another call to Frazier's cell phone. This is the barber's cell phone. So he's calling the alleged um, drug provider again. And apparently in that call, he told investigators that she was wobbly on her feet and um, and that she had fallen asleep after they had taken the drugs. And um, I think, you know, cocaine is an upper, like it's not something right. that people typically fall asleep. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it's important to point out here that nobody in this situation and in many situations, people don't believe they're buying fentanyl. They believe they are buying another drug absolutely, like cocaine yeah. and the, the drug is laced with fentanyl. And, and, you know, obviously at this point, I don't, you know, who knows what they knew, but Patrick sure. didn't seem to, to come to that conclusion because he called Fraser's number back, um, according to court documents. And the next thing surveillance video shows is Fraser's vehicle coming back to that dorm. That's Kilgo dorm uh, residence hall on the Duke campus. There's actually a video of um, Fraser carrying Grace Burton up the stairwell of inside this dorm room to ostensibly what we believe is is Patrick Rowland's dorm room, though it wasn't specific about that in the court documents. Um, so that's 5.40 a.m. They had been outside, hanging out um, outside the, the residence hall. So eventually, I mean, I'm assuming 911 was called, correct? 
eventually, and I don't know who called it um, at this point, the assembly did say that uh, Patrick went down to a neighboring student's room, knocked on the door, and either asked him to call or said, you know, something was wrong. So that was 5.40 that the surveillance video showed Grace being taken into the room. It's 6.25 a.m. when um, emergency medical technicians arrive at that dorm room and start to work on Grace. And at that point, she's unconscious. Um, the assembly described her as being pale and clammy in a puffy jacket lying on the bed with a trash can beside her. So it's unclear at what point 911 was called, who called it exactly, but you know what's clear is these the drugs that um, Grace Burton had taken had you know affected her. Sadly, two days later she died in the hospital. Um, the court records show that uh, there was little brain activity, but her obituary says in one of her last acts of kindness that she was able to donate her organs um so her her family was you know proud of that and you know you touched on this briefly and we mentioned it this at the top so patrick roland and the man known as the barber were charged with distributing drugs but he was the barber was known he had been involved in a sting with the orange county sheriff's department where they had done a buy with him correct so they they were watching him yeah, they had used an undercover informant to do a buy with him. Then um, they had actually gone to his barber shop and, and seen his girlfriend pull up there and seen him come out with a backpack. So yeah, he was definitely known to them. He had also he's also been convicted in the past. Um, I think in 2015 for some drug related charges, and I believe spent some time in prison, not very long. Um, but, you know, yes, he was definitely known sure. to authorities. And then, uh, amazingly, uh, once this starts to to become, you know, an investigation, a death investigation, they then hear from Raleigh police who say, oh, yeah, we had a death the day after Grace Burton's death that we think is linked to the same guy. Tell me about that. Yes. So this, this DEA agent who is kind of working on this case had been in touch with Duke police about the, um, you know, what happened on campus there around the same time, they got a call from Raleigh police. So Grace's Grace took the drugs on, um, March 9th, another man, Joshua Zinner is his name. He, um, was living in Raleigh. He had gone to UNC Wilmington, took the drugs and was found in his room dead. And, they tested the bags that were around Zenner and found that they were a mixture of cocaine and fentanyl. And they found a, um, what they described as like a miniature Ziploc bag with white powder in it inside Grace's phone case, it sounded like. And they tested that and it tested positive also for cocaine and fentanyl. And what's really unbelievable about this is neither university has spoken about this but we've come to find out that there have been other fentanyl deaths of students uh, in the past year that haven't been reported as well. So I guess it's really hard to shed light on a problem if no one's talking about it. And that that seems to be the case here. So it's really interesting. Um, There is a man named Dean Blackburn who is head of the wellness program at UNC. And he made a presentation um, back over the summer to 
a um, strategic initiatives committee. And so they said, you know, due to the nature of Dean's job, he's well connected in the substance use recovery community and basically said he had gotten that information through his personal life. And then they wrote, this is not an accounting on behalf of the university as the university does not track student deaths or causes of death. And so basically they're like, we don't know how many students have died of fentanyl poisoning or overdoses. Um, it's just a, in, in the interview I did with Charlotte um, Craman, she talked about how neither university wanted to talk about this. They're worried about their reputations, you know, understandable, but to not come out in something that Charlotte described as sort of ubiquitous in the party culture and the fraternity and sorority culture in most universities and particularly um, Chapel Hill and, and at Duke too. It's, it, it seems like it needs to be addressed. And I want to tell you one really sure. super weird and interesting thing that, that came about while I was recording on this yesterday. Um, the, man, the barber whom we've talked about, yes. Kai Fraser is his name. I started Googling him just to kind of figure out more about him. And one of the first links I came up with was a WRAL article from 2020. Back then, it was around Christmas time, he had been to GameStop to buy, he said he was buying his son a video game and there was a long line. And the security guard told him like, go ahead, I'll, you know, just give me some money and I'll, I'll save your place in line. And he went back to realize it was all scam. There was no security guard. He called Sarah Kruger to talk about this. And she actually interviewed him in 2020 in his barbershop and his barber chair. On a totally so we, different topic, obviously. On a totally different topic, not related to this at all. But that is how we have video of him. Um, of this man because in, in federal court there are no mugshots so right, right it was just a really sort of ironic odd twist situation of account, absolutely that Sarah had, had met him before and one other thing is i said i said sarah they have a number in the federal court documents like just to make sure this is the same guy do you still have a number that you know you called him on and she did and we checked it it was the same number that is a really strange twist there absolutely well ashley thank you so much for sharing this really important story with us and shedding light on it and hopefully it's going to create some awareness going forward thank you so much amanda and i definitely hope that um this is definitely something we'll keep doing and, and looking at absolutely this has been the wrel daily download a production of wrel news check out our new true crime podcast from wrel studios the killing month August 1978. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.